0: You know, today I absolutely love my life and I'm so grateful that I'm here and I'm so grateful that, that I can share my story because I know what that feels like to feel hopeless.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Mentors Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Letrick. Here on this show, we talk to luminaries from around the world to discuss their journey towards success and what wisdom they have to offer the younger generation. Each episode, we have on a new guest, a new story, and a new path towards personal success. I hope you're ready, and I hope you enjoy. Tasha Shu is a survivor of a tragic accident when she was 16, falling 16 feet downwards into her theater stage's trapdoor and leaving her quadriplegic. Her story is one of tragedy, transformation, and triumph. She uses her experiences to inspire students to know, no matter how dark things can get, that there is hope. A highly sought-after speaker, she has inspired thousands of students throughout the nation from upper elementary to high school. Tasha received the National Rehabilitation Champion Award in 2012, was crowned Miss Wheelchair USA in 2012, and was the author of two books, My Last Step Backwards and My Next Move Forward. And she travels around the country and teaches the concept of PATH, path which stands for Purpose, Attitude, Team, and Hope. Her PATH curriculum is a complete resource on mental health, suicide awareness, and social emotional learning. Tasha and our team of experts created the PATH curriculum to provide teachers, counselors, and adults who serve adolescents a key component that is missing in today's education. PATH is a way of helping teachers and schools to deepen students' understanding of mental health and suicide awareness, as it delivers a set of tools that can potentially serve them in every aspect of their lives. Her keynote received the SAFE certification. Talking to Tasha was enlightening. We discussed the mental health of our youth and the hope that Tasha cultivates during her most trying times. I felt it was a very honest conversation and Tasha provided great insight. So without further ado, Tasha Shu.
0: So yeah, so oh yeah, what area? Cool. What area are you in? So I live in Ellsworth, Wisconsin, which is okay. a very, very small town, about three thousand people. Um, and I've lived here my whole life. I actually vowed I would never live here, but I built I built a house here, uh, almost thirteen years ago, and but we love it. We love it. It's so quiet and peaceful, and. With our busy lives, it's always nice to have such a peaceful home to
1: come home to. So, Yeah, because you travel a lot. I think I did some research on you. I think one year you had like 52 speaking gigs, and you traveled all over the country for that. Yep. So we do, um,
0: on average, 50 to 70 engagements a year. So last year it was actually... I think it was like 65 or 66 Um, and I love it. I I was really sad when COVID hit because we had a very busy schedule coming up, but it was good. It was good. You know, you find the silver lining and everything and was able to um, work on some other projects and some other things that, um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do. So it would probably try been all crammed in this summer. So, you know, you make the most of it, but oh, it yeah. was, uh, but it's, I love what we do. So I can't wait to get
1: back speaking. Yeah. Actually, what is it, So what have you been working on during the Corona? Like what's some, what are some new year projects coming up?
0: Well, we released a curriculum last January uh, for schools for um, middle and high schools that, Really covers mental health, suicide awareness, and social and emotional learning. And um, because of the of COVID-19, um, I was able to record some tutorial videos. I was able. We've been. Oh, we've done so much with the back end of the curriculum, especially because life has changed so much. And so we've added extra assignments. We've done calendars for schools, so that when they do, when fall comes, they can really follow a calendar to know exactly what, what they can fit in their time period of class time. And, um, and then just working on, I got on TikTok, uh, right around that time. So I was able to record some video. (laughs) Yeah. And and kind of pre-record some. So and so there's lots of things with that and oh my goodness, it's been, it's been really good though and we've been, I've just been able to do some training for selling the curriculum and, and uh, so it's, it's, we, we stay very busy. We have not been bored at all, but I, um, I like it that way. I like to be busy.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Actually, something I really did want to ask you because I only have so much insight on my own generation and, and, you know, from what I can see. But, you know, you've been around the country and you've been able to speak to like thousands of kids. And I think that's amazing, especially on the topics of depression, anxiety and suicide prevention. And when young people come up to you and tell tell you their stories, have you seen an emerging trend or pattern as to why we innately have these issues uh, greater than other generations before us?
0: Yeah, I think, I think in just looking at, you know, what our world looks like right now, you know, when I was in high school, there was no social media. When I was in high school, there was no cell phones, no texting, no, I mean, kids were still mean and and people were still mean and, you know, but now it can be done anonymously. It can be done in such different ways. And just even the research that we've looked at, just seeing, Well, first of all, don't get me wrong because I love social media (laughs) and I love my cell phone. My husband will be the first one to tell you, but just, you know, what you've been, I was just even learning last week about, you know, the, the waves that come off of cell phones come off of cell phone towers. I mean, they are linked to depression, anxiety, insomnia, and insomnia is one of the first, um, like one of the first things that they look at with depression. Oh,
1: wow. That I how know. How
0: correlated they are. And so, I mean, it's just crazy of how, of how um, just what our world is right now, you know, I think cell phones and all of that have so, so much uh, and, and the pressures, you know, when I was in high school, there was pressure to go to college. There was pressure to get good grades, but when, can I ask, Cole, you are? Yeah, I'm 19. Okay, so my niece is 21. And when I saw her graduate from high school, the pressure of getting into these Ivy League schools, the pressure of getting the best grade point average, I was like, where did this come from? Like, when I was in college, they were like, your grade point average doesn't even matter. They're not even going to look at that. And my niece was so stressed out about grades and college. And, and I'm thinking, and then the price of college, like has quadrupled since I was in school and all these things that, just these pressures, that pressures to be perfect, pressures to be in sports all year round, pressures to be, I mean, just things have just like, you know, when I was in sixth grade, I was playing Barbies and I didn't have a care in the world. You know my niece is like shopping on Hollister and had to have the best fashion and the best, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you know I just feel like I feel like it comes from so many different angles, and so many kids have so much expectations from their parents and from and and that i i I completely understand why they feel this way, and I completely understand why." Um, all of these things are happening. And so it is definitely, um, so many different areas and we've done so much research. We've listened to so many, um, um, you know, even just the state of the family, you know, or parent, a lot of parents are divorced. A lot of parents are remarried a lot and parents are, you know, just the number of single parents that are struggling and are on drugs and kids being neglected and kids doing drugs with their parents like that's something mm-hmm. that I would never ever would have seen you know in my in my generation and so there's so much I, I could talk about it all day long but it, it's it's pretty um you know it's hard to be a kid today it's hard mm-hmm. to be a youth today and that is what I always just want to tell people is to give yourself some grace, you know, don't be so hard on yourself and just really be the best you that you can be. That's what it is. You know, is the best you not perfect and, and give yourself, love yourself, encourage yourself. But at the end of the day, you know, all you can say is, did I get my best? That's all I can do. Because sometimes I feel like the pressure's, you know, are so much. And, and uh, I did not feel that at all when I was in high school. So I don't know, does that answer yeah. your question?
1: Yeah, well, it does. You know, I think it's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure and, you know, the house, the state of the household is a huge component and the state of, you know, oh, yeah. the people you keep around you. Cause something I did want to, ask you, you know, uh, a part of your path program is that team is that support group. And then is that help. And when you're surrounded and confronted with a lot of pressures and an immense amount of unknowns, because again, you have a high GPA, you achieved it. What's going to happen because of that? Can you get into that college? Is that college even gonna be worth it, especially financially? And there's, a, and again, like just being a college student and then right when you exit college, you're not gonna have it together until you're probably in your late 20s to early 30s. And that's intimidating. So when you have the support group, you have confronted a lot of challenges in terms of, um, I know for like a fact, you know, your mom, out of love wanted to hold you back from a lot of things and she wanted to keep you at bay because she wanted to care, but she didn't allow you to fly in the way that you wanted to. And, you know, how did you end up finding a friend group? Like you were talking earlier about an amazing friend of yours that has gone through similar struggles and you guys support and help one another. So, uh, you know, how have you gone about, you know, overcoming those challenges and finding the right people? Because personally I know a lot of young people that, um, will blindly, say yes to whatever you're feeling. I'm sad. Yeah, oh yeah, I get that. And they won't necessarily help you because they don't necessarily care enough, but that's what you're stuck with at the moment. So that's what you have to face.
0: Definitely, definitely. And that's what, you know, too, I think, um, I think with the generation, you know, of, of your generation and even younger is communication has really struggled. Because it's all in a text message. There's no face to face, as much not as much. You know, like my one niece. I I look at my nieces and nephews because that's you know the people in my life that I witness. But they'll my niece will have a friend over, and they won't even be talking to each other. They're talk. They're on Snapchat on their phone. Like you have a friend there. Like (laughs) why don't you talk to your friend? Like why are you on Snapchat? And so it's just funny how and it's not. I don't wanna just pin it as just a bad thing, but you're right, when kids are struggling, when, when people are struggling and they, want, they reach out and say, hey, you know what, I really need help. A friend doesn't necessarily know what to do because they're like, well, wow. you know, and, and, I, and I, I've struggled with that myself. I think that's human in general, but I think it's just the importance of listening. know and that's something that we're not necessarily all good at and know that that's what we need to do and so you're right it is it's it's um and that's what a lot of people need right now and that's what we've learned you know we've learned just having that team of support is so important so
1: and then when when it comes to finding that correct team team of support how do you kind of feel out you know who can I talk to who can I you know uh, have me have who, who can listen to me in confidence and not judge
0: yeah that is really it is so crucial because I in my own past have had times where I reach out to people and I thought they were my friend I thought that I could be open with them and come to find out like they took what I told them and told a bunch of other people. They, you know, really betrayed my trust. And, and also just were like, oh, get over it, you know. And I'm like, yeah. "Why It's like, how do I get, how do I just get over it? You know, they didn't give me the good, they didn't give me good advice. And so I think um, when it comes to reaching out for help, I think it is those those trusted friends, those people that you that you um, uh, have come to know that have your best interests in mind. You know, if you're in a relationship with a boyfriend who's telling you that you're stupid and telling you that you're you, that you have nothing good to offer in this world, that's not someone that you want to go to. It's yeah. not someone that you want to say, you know, hey, I'm really struggling can you help me? It's, it's a friend that has been there. It's a, it's a, a school teacher, a counselor, a school counselor, and a professional counselor. I don't know why in our society that there's such a taboo about going to counseling, seeing a counselor. It is amazing what it's meeting with someone that does not know you that that has been trained that can, can really come from a, a point of view where they you know, haven't an objective point of view or they haven't followed with you and they can really speak into where you're at is huge and is so important. I went to a counselor for the first time last year and it was so crazy of how much stigma I felt you know, parking and going in and people looking at me like, why are you here? And you're in a wheelchair, you know, you must be depressed. You know, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm not not here because of, you know, like trying to justify, you know, and, and yet at the same time, the help that I received and how much better I have felt since is priceless. I, I, I just want to like shout it from the rooftops that, Seeing a professional counselor is so important. And I have a friend, and actually I've seen, I've seen a podcast on this too, of how certain people believe that everybody should have a therapist. Everybody should have a counselor. Because we're all going through things. We're all like, oh, I lost my job. How should I feel about that? You know, what should I do? Oh, I broke up with my boyfriend. Or this relationship ended. Or COVID-19. You know, I mean, all of these things. They're just facts of life. They're times of life, and they're always ongoing. And so, I mean, just to have somebody to talk to about that is so crucial. And so, but whoever it is, make sure it's just someone that you trust, someone that you know has your best interest in mind and is a good listener, because that's really all you need, someone that can listen, that you can share your heart with. Nobody's going to have all the answers. Nobody is going to say, "Oh, I know exactly what to do, but just being able to share that and get that off your chest can be i mean can can be life saving and and it can be so huge, and so that is what what we're what we 're so passionate about and i don 't know if i i don 't know if you heard me ever talk about Logan, but um, Logan was my best friend in high school. It was her 14 year old son that died by suicide and he never reached out for help. And that still mm-hmm. this day. It just breaks my heart because if he could have just said, mom, I'm struggling, ma, you know, to his best friend, you know, Joey, Hey, I-, I think, I think I want to end my life. Like, what do you, what do you say? Like, I'm struggling with this mm-hmm. but His life could have been saved, but he never, reached out for help and it's heartbreaking to see what his family's gone through, to see what he's missed out on. And, and, and it's something that is really our mission to get people to know that it's okay to not be okay. And that it's okay to ask for help
1: is, 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 is where our team, I'm so sorry. Mike. <laughs> You're fine. I don't know if you can hear, I have a dog snoring right underneath me. <laughs> So we both got pets. So I tried to get. She was up here on my computer
0: before, before, and my husband came in. I'm like, you gotta get her down. There's, she knows I'm on a call, so she like has, has to be a part of the. You know, like, hey, I'm her cat. This is. I'm an important person here.
1: <laughs> so do you want me to move her, or should I? You are totally fine here. I can even show you Zoe because she's just the most. Oh my, the
0: best love. animal.
1: Here wait, here's ah! Zoe. See, I, I'm so, I feel bad that the audience can't see her, but she's been, she stays with me all the time. She has to be a part of the conversation.
0: What is, uh, uh, what kind of dog is she? Uh,
1: she's a Jack Russell Terrier. Um, she's, uh, she was the run of the litter. So she's a lot smaller for her breed and she has perky ears and she is just a bundle of awkwardness <laughs> and snoring.
0: That is awesome it's funny that you mentioned that because Lily too is is small for her size, she's about eight pounds she's a tabby cat, and then my other cat is Jewel, and she's thirteen pounds, so there's like almost a five four or five pound difference of um of uh between the cats so okay i I, I'm, I will move her if you want me to though, so I didn't know.
1: Oh, you fine. Yeah. She actually, she's off screen. I don't, and I can't, I can't really even hear your cat. You just heard my dog just like yawn into the mic. I apologize. It was awesome. She jumped up during my
0: interview with, um, with Tim Allison. Um, so I was like, Oh my God, I'm on this podcast and here she jumps up. He laughs so hard. I'm like, I'm so sorry. So
1: Sorry yeah, actually, that. I listened to the interview and I was like, I wonder if I'll get to meet that cat. And I'm glad I did.
0: <laughs> she had to make her presence known. So, oh,
1: Lily, you're
0: such a cat. Good... Okay. Lily's well, a great right.
1: But yeah, you uh, know, and you're completely right in that, you know, asking for help asking for professional help is always necessary there's been times where i've had to ask for professional help and come to my parents and say hey i genuinely need this and there's also been times where i've had to get through things on my own and having an outside presence that doesn't necessarily know you is really helpful to come in and say hey psychologically here's where you're at and here's where you need to be um and that has had tremendous effects for me and friends of mine and you know when People just seek that out after a couple of sessions. It doesn't have to be forever. You can just try it out. Right? There's a lot of benefit right? there. And I'm really surprised to hear that you haven't really, you know, seen a counselor until just this year. And, you know, your accident at 16 was legitimately life-changing. So, you know, how in those few, in those like first years, in those first months, how did you get through it emotionally and mentally?
0: You know, it's so crazy, Ava, because... I look back at that time and I had always had that mindset and I don't know why, I don't know if it, how it was given to me or why I had this, but I always, I, 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 and in my book, I have a chapter called stuffing it is I've always been told like, and always thought in my mind, I'm strong enough to do this on my own. I don't need help. I can handle this. I can, deal with all of this and 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 take care of my family too who is also completely falling apart at the seams and holding it in keeping a smile on my face trying to be strong for everybody and i failed miserably i failed miserably you know i was in this accident that left me a quadriplegic paralyzed from the chest down um i basically navigate the world with just the use of my arms. Um, I have no finger movement. And so when you're told this at the age of 16, where you're beginning to dream and beginning to think of all the possibilities, I thought my life was over and I, I wanted to die. I wanted my life to end. And thankfully it didn't, you know, but in, in these months and years afterwards, I struggled so much. I struggled so much because I didn't reach out for help, and I just tried to handle it myself. And and thankfully, I had my sister. My sister was super um, important in my recovery. She was somebody that I could talk to and I could trust. But even there, I mean, there were so many times where I would just lay awake at night and just cry because I I, I didn't... Know how to handle it, and I didn't know how to process it. And yeah, I'm actually really sad that it took me that long to get counseling. And the counseling that I went for was not even about my accident. It wasn't about. It was just some insecurities that I had really been struggling with, especially because I, you know, I'm married. I got married almost seven years ago, and just trust issues had some things, you know, where I was afraid that. He was, you know, not going to love me, and, and, um, and so I went to see a counselor for that, but seeing how much that counseling helped me, it really makes me wish that I would have sought out help a long time ago. It would have helped me process things better. It would have helped me recover quicker. It would have helped me bounce back so much faster, and yet, um, and yeah, I mean, I had a, I had a psychologist That was on the unit um, that where I was doing my rehabilitation. But I I struggled, you know, he's a very nice man. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily him. I just I struggled with the fact that he was able-bodied. He could walk, he could, you know, and then he's trying to counsel me. And I'm like, I just don't feel this connection of like how I can confide in you because you have no idea what I'm going through. Yeah. And so yeah. That, 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 was something that was really hard for me to open up to. Um, and, and so I did, I, there was a chaplain on my floor that I really, she would, she had therapy dogs and I really, um, love animals as we were just talking about. And so it was a way that helped me kind of open up, but that was really only probably on a monthly basis that I saw her and, and, um, And so I look back and I see that that was one thing that I really um, regret not doing, opening up, telling people that I needed help because it really, it it just ended up exploding and me crying for like 15 hours and my whole family crying because they're just like, you know, she's lost it. And, you know, and I was like, my life is over. Like, I, I, I can't. I can't live this way. I can't believe that this is going to be my future and you guys are all going to have to take care of me and you guys, I'm going to live with you forever. And I mean, just all these sadly stereotypes that I had about people with disabilities, but that, that was my reality. I mean, that's what I thought was going to be the truth. I had no idea all these wonderful things that were still going to come into my life. And so I'm thankful that I held on. I'm thankful that a value that had been instilled in me for a very long time was that my family we're not quitters, you know, we don't quit. We keep we keep going. And my dad always said shoes are not quitters. And and uh and so that's what I just kept holding on to and hoped and prayed that something good could come into my life. And you know, today I absolutely love my life and I'm so grateful that I'm here and I'm so grateful that that I can share my story because I know what that feels like to feel hopeless. I know what that feels like to want to quit. And yet, if you can just keep putting your foot, one foot in front of the other, obviously in my situation, that's very figuratively because I don't walk and my feet do (laughs) not move forward. But, my husband's laughing in the background, but there's something about that. You know, you just keep going and you just keep and, and you surround yourself with the people that love you and care about you. And, uh, and now I'm very open. You know, when I'm struggling, I'm reaching out. When I, when I, when I, because it's just a part of being human, is that we need each other. We need a team of people. We need people to support us. We need to support others. You know, I have a friend right now whose daughter is, uh, was just recently diagnosed with leukemia. And so trying to support her, even though you can't visit, you can't, you can't go there, you know, you can't be with them in the hospital, and trying to figure out how you can support, support your friends, because this is a difficult time where they're telling you, you know, to be social distancing and, and, and you know, stay at home. And so it's been, it's, this is a, a difficult time for so many that none of us have ever experienced. And so, um, but that team
1: aspect is so important. Yeah, you know, and you had an immense amount of uh, tenacity, which I I admire, which I know, you know what, I know everyone that has listened to your story also admires. And uh, when you were going through those, I don't know how I want to word this question. You know, you had all these tenacious one step at a time when to keep pushing forward, keep pushing forward. Uh, a friend of mine gave me a really interesting quote that I've never heard before. He said, you know, um, there's no timestamp on a fight. You win the fight when your opponent gives up you know, so you keep pushing and when you, and you know, hope was your main driver, which I find really interesting. So when you battled with hope and when you battled with, you know, using the tools of hope and tools of positivity, what were you aiming that focus on? So like, were you saying, here's a challenge, I hope to overcome it. I'm going to like mentally focus on overcoming it or, you know, how did you in a way strategize, um, those, those, those obstacles?
0: That is a great question. And it's really interesting because I look back at that time and to this day, I have never been able to find this home or what, it was almost like a, a newspaper clipping and somebody had brought it to me and at the top of it, it said, one day at a time. At first, it, you know, it's kind of like a cheesy thing like, oh, yes, one day at a time. But whatever was underneath it, it said, because what I think my biggest struggle with having such a huge life change, I mean, literally, I go from being this independent, happy-go-lucky, sport-loving music, you know, love music, love theater, life of, you know, really having very few problems. You know, I came from a a middle-class family to parents, you know, a very normal, healthy home life, and um, to taking one step backward and losing all of my independence. My parents' marriage was falling apart. My boyfriend broke up with me. My best friend only came to see me twice when I was in the hospital. I mean, just like so many things. Not even including the physical aspect of you know not even able to care for myself not being able to get out of bed on my own, get dressed on my own. And yet this poem talked about one day at a time because my biggest struggle in that was I would would do well as long as I stayed in the moment. The moment I looked forward to a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, was where I would think, I can't go to college, I'll never get married, I'll never have a family, I'll never have children, I'll never be able to live all these dreams that were down the road. And when I got into that feeling was where I slipped right into depression mm-hmm. and could not get myself back out of it. But, 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 the, but, the, but when I could stay in the moment and I could focus on what I had at hand that day was where I could keep going and where I could stay positive and I could stay focused. And I saw that. I saw that my darkest days, the days where I took 10 steps backward, were the days where I focused on my future. And my future looked so grim. I mean, it looked so hopeless. All the dreams that I wanted to accomplish, I didn't think I could, I could accomplish. And so, and so that one day at a time really became my motto and really is what helped me to be like, as soon as I'd be like, well, two years, you graduate high school. I'm like, nope, can't go there. Like, can't go there. you got to think about just today. And that was in my therapy and in my rehab and in my schoolwork and moving home and spending time with friends and getting back to a new normal, finding that new normal. And that was really what, and trust me, oh my gosh, there's, you know, when I hear of new people that have been injured, I mean, my heart just breaks because I know that struggle and I know how hopeless it feels and how it's like a roller coaster of one good day and then three bad days and then two good days and then five bad days. I mean, just, so many complications and so many struggles of just, you know, things that I now had to focus on. I had to focus on caregivers coming in and making sure they showed up and making sure they were there on time so that I could get to school on time and all these extra things that i never had to think about. And yet, because um, I knew, you know, shortly after the accident, I got very sick. Very sick, where I was actually in a coma for eight days and they said I would not live, and my fever soared to 108 degrees. I mean, it was just crazy of what I went through and survived. I mean, the doctors were like, she will not live. She, she will, she will die. Like this is impossible for her to survive. And yet when I woke up and I from the coma and they told me what I had been through, it was like I had this peace. That I knew that I must be here for a purpose, and I must be here for a reason, and that kind of stuck with me through all of this, in the fact of just seeing that something good must be coming like something i, I and and that was what I just did every day in and having hope. Hope is so powerful, it is so important i mean along with team I, t- I speak about hope because and i've read i've read my one of my favorite pastimes is to read true stories of people that were in these horrific situations you know they're they're a pow or they're in a in abusive marriage and and or they're they've been uh, abducted you know and they're in this home and they And all, all of these people that overcame said this someday, I'm going to be out of this situation. Someday I'm going to be free. Someday I'm going to be found someday. Just keep holding on. Just don't quit. Just keep going. And I look at that common theme in my story and in their story. And I see that's what hope is. Hope is just saying it's going to get better. I'm going to see a better side. There's a light at the end of this tunnel. Like somehow, and you know, for me, it was 10 years that it took me to really, and that's a long time. You were like, I don't have 10 years. Are you serious? 10 years. And yet that's what it took. And yet I, and I'm so grateful that I'm here. I am so thankful that I held on. And that's what I tell people, you know, it could be long. It could, it could be next week but that's why we have to keep going. That's why we have to persevere. And we have to determine that we're going to hold on, that we're not going to quit because so many good things. And that's exactly what happened. All those things that caused me to spiral into depression are all things that I have overcome. I now have two bachelor's degrees. I learned how to drive a minivan on my own. I know I, I have, I've written two books. I've I'm married to the most amazing man on planet Earth. And and I'm so, all these things that were like, oh, I'll never be able to do that, I've done. And so that's why it's so important to hold on. Because if I would have quit, I would have never known all that I had in the inside of me. I didn't realize I was as strong as I was. And that's, all of us are strong. I know we feel weak, we feel that we're not strong. But get, at the end of the day, we are, we have so much greatness on the inside of us. We just have to keep pressing on to see all that is still yet in store. And that's what, that's what I love sharing about my story.
1: Yeah. You know, you end up seeing all the beauty and seriously, I could talk to you for, I could talk to you for hours about this and it's super like, you you know, your story alone is amazing. The fact that you're so open and vulnerable about the difficulties you had and the challenge and what it took to overcome those challenges is so important. Like, I feel like that's what people really need to hear the most. And I, like, I seriously, I, it's, I loved having you on. Where can everyone find you? Where can everyone find your work? Cause unfortunately we're running out of time and I wish we weren't.
0: Oh, and I I know. I love this stuff because I could talk for hours too. I'm so passionate about this because I know I'm not alone. I know that a lot of people, you know, weren't in, aren't in a life-changing accident that leaves them, you know, physically disabled, but yet we all have things that we're going through, and they're all huge. I mean, to us, those things are big. There's no such thing as, you know, oh, well, I just had this happen. No, your life has been changed. Your life has been altered, and you have to identify that. You have to recognize that, and by doing that is where you begin the healing process, and so I love talking about, oh my goodness, I can, yes, I, I love, I love, and I love helping people. So I'm so grateful to be on your podcast because I know that there will be people that um, are hurting and are struggling and are thinking, what do I do? What, what, how, how do I get through this? And I just want them to know that things will get better. I'm living proof of that and i want you to know that the best is yet to come just to keep holding on and keep clinging to that and so um so to, to to follow me i'm on every social media out there except for twitter so i'm on instagram i'm on facebook i'm on tiktok i'm on um i'm on snapchat i think almost all of my names are just tasha Shu. t a s h a s c is in cat h u h and my website is Tasha um, I'm on YouTube. So I, I put out a blog every week. So I would love for people to follow me because every blog that I put out there is to help people is that's all I've ever wanted to do is to help others because I know how dark it can get. I know how hard it can get. And, and so we have to, you know, I want to be a part of everybody's team. I want to be a part, I want to be a team member through you know through my vlogs through, through communicating with people to um to help them get through the dark times because i just it's heartbreaking when i see so many people quitting it's so devastating when i see people ending their lives and it and i just know that that's not the answer it is not the solution to your problem it is the solution to your problem is to keep going and to see how strong you are that you can make it through it. And so I would love for anybody to reach out to me. Um, my email is on my website. You know, if you were inspired by my story or if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know.
1: Tasha, your message speaks volumes. And the fact that you personally want to be able to help other people just shows everything about your character. So seriously, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on. Thank
0: you. Thank you. And if I you ever if I can ever come back on, we can do another one of these because I've got I just know we could talk for hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview series. I would love to know some of your best takeaways. You can find me easily on LinkedIn or Instagram just by searching Ava Wetrick, and I'll happily get back to you and have a conversation. If you really enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a rating in iTunes. That act will compound in ways that I can't even imagine. As you have just found a mentor here, go out into the world and see who you can be a mentor to today.